Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble podcast, proudly supported by Sideline Sports Grill at Erina. This week, we talk to fitness coach Boulder Beckman, discuss the two-all draw with 10-man Adelaide, and we rush through everything else so Morrow can start putting on his archaic shin pads. I'm Jimmy and I'm joined by Josh and Morrow. How are you guys? Well indeedy. Hello. Hello to you. You well after the weekend? Yes. I've recovered. You recovered. I went down to... I was blowing um, up a bit, I will admit that. You're blowing up a lot. Hmm. I went down to Sydney to watch uh, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. They had the live orchestra instead of watching the game. It was really good. But you watched the replay? I watched the replay, unfortunately. Hmm. How'd you go with that? What I I thought I'd try and do is I wrote down notes um, while I was watching it, and I've ended up with some sort of essay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, especially in the second half, it was dreadful. Yeah, you were getting, you were not enjoying the, the later part of the match, I don't think. No, no. For some reason. Right, Fred's question. Do you think that the media's uh, comments on that Oakland should stay at CCM are valid or is it time to move on? I was wondering where those media comments came from because I didn't see anything like that. Was that from Fox or... I haven't seen them either. Neither have I. If they were there, um, are they justified? The other thing that I heard about Possibly. was Bozza saying that the cutoff for wins in the league is 15, and if you can't win in 15 games, then you should go. So <laughs> if we're going by Bozza's word, then Ocon's got, what, f- three, 12, yeah. Four, four more games. Four more games until he's gone. Personally, I thought that when they had the... Uh, next game that required a drinks break that they should do it at the drinks break because it should be 14 games and one third of a game, shouldn't it? I thought you meant they should fire him. I'm just taking the piss out of Bozza. How on earth do you come up with the idea that there's a line in the sand after 15 games? Why isn't it 10? Wom's he got a whole season. Or 20. (laughs) I don't know. Why do you just rip that one out of your filing cabinet? He'll stay until the end of the season. There's no other option. You'd like to let go of him now would be weird. But I'll be he'll, honest. he'll stay the end of the season. But after that, I've no idea. Well, I don't think anyone does outside the club. Might be that he decides to part company with us. Exactly. Which yeah. is probably fair enough. Look, he would be frustrated not having the money. Absolutely. Yep, and uh, there's other cu- clubs out there who apparently think that if he was well enough resourced, he would succeed. So it was w- it, we Wanderers, risk, wasn't it? Wanderers were still interested in him. Well, it they, seems they've Sydney. got Gombau now. But weren't Sydney interested in uh, if uh, making him a, a replacement for Arnie? Um, and I think um, so. Thinking that he might but now that they've seen what he's done with the Mariners, would they still be keen? Well, well, I guess when you've got a ten times bigger budget and a better side, a three, then t- three times bigger salary, see probably. what happens. Yeah, then because yeah. he'd be by far the the least sort of paid coach in the league, wouldn't he? He's, well, if he's ex Mariners, Sydney would definitely take him. Absolutely, that's how it works. That's what they do. And we've we've been pretty honest about our last three coaches have all been brought here to become coaches. None of them had any experience. So yep. we're a developing club, and we've been honest about that with each of these clubs, uh, each of these coaches. Or the um, Sydney FC Development Club. Yeah, anyone, anyone that's good, they I take. I don't think they're thinking of that. Yeah, I think they're just thinking that um, up here he's resourced maybe or maybe not uh, good enough for him to succeed and that uh, that would make it attractive to him to be down there. And I think it would be. Why wouldn't it be? He's a Sydney boy. Exactly. I'm, I've got no answer. <laughs> i got yeah, no... Might get paid three times what he's being paid no up here. So, that. so that's my yeah. main concern. That he may not stay. And then that leaves us in a spot of who do we get in? Because that's that's the question. Well, if you're going to develop coaches and develop players and spend the floor, guess what? You're not going to do well. You get what we've had. And that's a fair call. Uh, We had a quick discussion on episode 19, the one that disappeared into the ether about the dominant foot. (laughs) Um Yeah. It's just a quick chat. Something that I've really noticed in the A-League, especially... This season, um, if you, all you need to do is watch about two minutes of a game, you can basically pick up on every single player's strong foot. And I think it's to the detriment of the game in Australia that most players can't use both feet. It's just, I don't know, 
if you can read a player's foot, then you can shut them out of the game quite easily. We do it at Soccer Fives. We, we, we chat with Mick Komet. That's all we do with the young kids when they only use one foot. We just shepherd them into the fence. They don't go anywhere. Yeah. And it's amazing uh, at how, how often, if you just have a crack with your other foot, how that works for you. Yep. So, and the theory that they can't use their other foot, of course they can. They just choose not to or aren't confident to do so at the right moment. I remember we were talking about of the players in the league that were strong with both feet. I think you could probably count them on maybe one hand. Oh, the marquees, basically. Yeah. And they're the ones that seem to get the ball past the person that's standing in front of them. Like, you see a lot of crosses and a lot of uh, shots from us that uh, don't even clear the person that's marking them. You know what I mean? It's just... It's frustrating. Corners not getting past the first man, like almost, what, 90% of the time? It's not even corners. No, I'm talking like Crosses. literally the guy who's marking you. Yeah, yeah. Like a meter Besides, away. like you said, besides the marquees, who has that ability? That's probably an indictment. <laughs> That's just an indictment on the quality of the league at the moment, I think. And like the way that people, a lot of people feel about the league at the moment. Anyway. Um, is there a serious mindset problem with the team? <clears throat> Do they need a psychologist? I don't know. I think players, I think our players are going into the game when we get a goal up, a goal or two goals up, we think we cannot lose this. We cannot lose this instead of thinking we can do this. I suppose, but it's really hard to, you know, isolate the 90 minutes that's happening in front of us on a Saturday and think that that's the the only part of the players um, work and and efforts. Um, we don't really know what's going on on the training track, and there's a fair bit of it, so it's quite hard. Don't know, Josh. I have nothing else to add, really. I'm not in, not really sure. It's. Uh, I think we need one. I think there's definitely. <laughs> yeah, we need one. <laughs> Could be the halftime entertainment. <laughs> Could we get one in here on a Tuesday? Give us a bit of counselling, maybe. I definitely think there's a mindset problem, for sure. Like, just the the way that the team was after the 60th minute during the during the game. Like, it's like almost like as soon as that first goal went in, heads dropped, and you knew what was going to happen. It was so obvious what was going to happen. I'm going to go, and okay. it happened. Yeah, the 60th minute was when they 61st minute was when they scored. Yep. Um, just a lot of ball watching, basically being. There was, what, Lazy. eight players in the box, two outside, so all of our players, all of our outfield players were just watching the ball and Elsie just waltzed in and scored the easiest goal of his life. And like Usnich was just running through our midfield and our defence, like yeah. they weren't even there. Traffic cones. I, I've i seriously got about 100 notes here, don't I, guys? Yeah, you do. It's like the forum. <laughs> it's like the forum on here. It wasn't much fun. I'm not going to read look about it. No, no. But yeah. it does remind me of how I was feeling during the game. I may have been cursing the television a bit. Well, if I wrote down everything I yelled at the TV <laughs> during 90 minutes, it'd be a 2,000 word essay. <laughs> <laughs> um, was, was it a card? Was it a red? For me it was, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can see why it was given, but I would have rathered if Trent didn't look for the contact. We should have just gone for goal. Because for me, he sort of got pushed off the ball pretty easily. But I guess Gorham's pretty big and probably strong. So, yeah, I would have I would have rathered if he sort of just tried to ride the contact. But being last man... I think you were down rather easy. Yeah, that's what I think too. When you're running at full tilt... Put shoe, what about full the tilt, shoe, on, shoe on the other foot? Shoe on the other foot. Would you be pissed if one of our players got sent off for that? Yes. I probably would I be. I would be. Yep. I would wonder if uh, he had gone down easily, but it would remind me of a thousand decisions. What if that was what Barrow on Blackwood would have been different? But I guess Trent's smaller than Blackwood. Yeah, nah, would have been the same. Still would have been speculation about it. And I think there always will be speculation about any decision similar to this. Um, But that doesn't, yeah, for me that doesn't really come into it. One more thing that I notice is that I think it is the most ridiculous thing in the game of football to see 
coaches get yellow cards. That's my note right here. Like a Kurtz <laughs> yellow How, fucking joke of a league what, I wrote down. What is that? Is that in any other league in the world? Especially when followed up with him hurling abuse at the ref as he walked away. Like And Gollum as hey, well. Gollum got sent ref. off and was going off at the fourth official. Like what was the yeah, what's the fourth official got to do with it? Why is he the one that cops all the blame? I did read today that Gollum has been cited for that. On top of the suspension that he's received for the Really? Yep. I didn't That's read what that. I read. I already had a kid. Was that him? Was, no, yeah, it was. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so he obviously got sent off on purpose to see the birth of his child. No. Unless that was the day after. The day, I think it was the day after. Good moves. But he did not Conspiracy. leave the stadium. That's what I'm told. He did not leave the stadium. Oh, Fox yes. said otherwise. So, yeah, yeah, someone, Fox someone said spread that. the rumour that he left, yeah, but, but it wasn't, as as wasn't true. Yeah. Adelaide coaching staff quickly said nada I thought it'd to be that. weird too. Yeah, it would be. Although wouldn't be, it's not That's what unprecedented. You do a local league. Uh, it's not <laughs> unprecedented. Who was it who blew up at a Wellington? Game. Old man thinks Wellington. Cowan, Brazilian Finkler. What did he drive off? Did he gets the poos after he makes that back heel? Gets hooked. Literally, wasn't a red oh, card. Oh yeah, yeah. Left the game. Different circumstance. No red card. He was hooked by his coach. We had a couple of players that left the game before it even started once. <laughs> now they play for uh, Melbourne City, and the other one's overseas now, isn't he? Oh, was he was he in Saudi Arabia? Something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. The reason we're rushing is because Moran needs to go play in what half an hour in a human chess match. He's got his uh, old man's football. Has, have you, has he got your hundred-year-old shin pads on yet? No, which is part of my problem, Your actually. Hockey, I need to, it, it takes field quite hockey, a long time field to get kitted up, you can imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to laugh, though. Because Do you wear a mouth gun? No, I don't. Last, th- last Thursday <laughs> night... You don't want to get hit in the mouth with a stick. Last Thursday night, one of our guys clumsily kicked one of their guys in the shins who wasn't wearing shin pads. Oh, I need hurt, too, and I could see... Oh. And, and they're good blokes, the blokes we were playing against, so it wasn't anything... He wasn't arced up or about it or anything, but it hurt, and I resisted the temptation to say anything about my prosthetic legs because maybe he could have spent the entire evening kicking the crap out of me and I never would have known about it. And it hurt the, more the, <laughs> the person that kicked you more than it would hurt you. Absolutely. <laughs> Protection, mate. Uh, right, uh, FIFA is in town to meet with the FFA board, clubs and some supporters groups. Thoughts? Don't really have any thoughts like until to be it happens, f- do I'd we? like to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> well, timing's that's, what I'd, that's what I'd say about it. Timing's fantastic, isn't it? Because we're going to expand the A-League now. Did everyone hear about that? Southern expansion. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. So if we do have that amount of teams, how many games do we play? I think someone said, like, you play... Do we play 22 or 33? Or is there a I buy? Or is there a buy round? Every team has a buy each each round. And you play... I don't know. Well, if we're getting two extra teams, that's either 22 games or 33 games. You guys have made a leap that I couldn't make. I am not in the business of believing that so rubbish four. that FFA have said. I think playing no I think teams. playing each team four times in the season... I don't know. Mate, like, it does make sense to have a big season, but as, yeah, playing each team four... But at no, two home, two each away... Team three times would end up in a 33-round comp. Yeah. That would be my preference. It feels too long as it is now. I, I could, this year feels very long. <laughs> <laughs> but that could be a different issue. <laughs> but no, I, I would have thought that we should play them three times. But let's be clear here. We're, nobody's expanding anything. This is just... We've been talking about oh, this for know, years. And all of a sudden, those guys bring this crap out. I saw a comment on Facebook from the post. It was like, oh, so cool. You're coming out with the same announcement you did 18 months ago. <laughs> Which is pretty much true. Ninth position wouldn't be as bad. <laughs> true. True. Ninth true. of 12, hey, that's better. Sixth would be less mediocre. True. Hey? Sixth <laughs> might actually start so being a, a, top, a, top six, a top six in 12. Not even 12, joking. Yeah, 12 teams. <laughs> so half the league. So it's only half instead exactly. of six tenths of the league makes finals. The good half, even. <laughs> Three fifths. <laughs> um, and Melbourne City win the W League. That's three in a row for them. They are good. Mm. Okay, moving on. Mm. Oh. 
And he... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I literally oh just going to say something. But we'll rush it going. Quick. Oh, I, was, I was just going to say fair play to Melbourne City. Three three grand final wins in a row. That's pretty pretty good. Uh, Jess Fishlot for City. Pretty good player. Um, Devanna missed a pretty bad uh, chance of goal in like the eighth minute. That would have set the tone for the game. But yeah, fair play to Melbourne City. That's football. It was a good game. Fishlock's finish was fantastic, really. Although, yeah, the defence and the goalkeeping in W League definitely has a long way to go. Did you see the keeper was actually down because of a bit of interaction and with another player? And then she was wondering why she why yeah. the goal stood because she got knocked down. But it was yeah. they no. pretty much initiated the contact fifty fifty. Yeah. So I think it was a fair fair decision to That's have that I as thought. a goal. Yep. I thought that right. Posco back in the team. Looked a bit rusty to me. I thought he had a That's few right. good moments. There were a few yes. good times where he came up with a good interception or a good clearance, but definitely rusty. And he was—you could see when he came off that he was what he was done after seventy minutes, which showed the with the game time that he didn't get in Perth. So I'm just really hoping he's—it's not an injury, yeah, especially agreed. a hamstring injury because or a groin injury because I think we missed Golic. Absolutely, hundred percent. Missed that uh, incredibly. Timber. When, whenever we're defending a corner or a free kick such or anything a sh- like that. It's such a short back line, isn't it? Because Bosco's, yeah. what, 5'10", Barrow's 5'11". That's not a short back line. Short back line would be for me. I Well, 5'10 for a centre-back is short it's for a centre-back. Definitely, yeah. And I believe that this is a, is a large part of our problem on the weekend, that you've when you've got so few experienced players, you... It's hard when you don't have him. And Brummer was a big loss as well. Yeah, he's arguably been our best defender all year, Anthony Golick, and we missed him, and we missed his leadership in that role as well. We missed him pushing other players around the park, and yeah, and we, and we missed him when the chips were down. Um, and then to add to that, his replacement was injured. <laughs> was tough. Did you think it was weird that Rose didn't come on for Posco and uh, Liam Rose, I mean, not Josh? Why didn't Liam come on as a like-for-like? Why did Josh Rose come on? Well, I thought it was worth... Like, I didn't see anything wrong with what we changed to because sort of J.P. McGing has been in good form. and Go uh, for experience to try and ride out the game. Yeah, he's also um, been in good form and has also got experience playing in the centre of defence. So I kind of thought it was, you know, an ideological thing to do to put Storm back where he sort of belongs, if you like. And... um, Josh Rose, where he does, but it didn't seem to work out for us. Speaking no. of Storm, very, very disappointing game for him, which is hard to say. He's a traffic I've cone. Always loved Storm. I've always loved Storm, but look, I got a Rue equals training cone. That was my note <laughs> early in the match. He was just, he was just beaten every single time by the by the attacker that was on him, and he was just getting run past so easily. Like he wasn't even there. Like like you just said, a traffic cone, which you know it's unfortunate. With the the horrible injury that he got, but he hasn't been the same, and it's been what two years since the injury. Now he just hasn't really gotten back to the level that he was before the injury. No, and Jake's Jake McGing's um, positive performances have made that harder for him, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's helped. Should so. we credit who with the free kick, or should we blast Izzo for not being able to set a wall again? I think it's probably both. <laughs> Got to give credit to Hall for the free kick and spotting spotting where to put it. Put it in the right spot, but Izzo again, you know, Izzo not being able to set a wall properly. That's a surprise. We and haven't seen that before. Standing in the wrong before. spot. Yeah, it was, it was an I easy, it was an easy free wall. kick to, to score, wasn't it? It's one of the things that has been so, he was so endeared to fans here for, wasn't it? But I thought Hall was okay for the first half, but second half he was terrible. Well, yeah, giving away did. the ball, turning into three players, That's, just wasn't. Yeah. Did you just read my notes? No, I haven't. Because that's exactly what I've written. He we're turns just, into three but players. But that was one of the key things we all noticed. Josh, and then he was, Josh do, and he I was were talking about that before. And then came. he was doing like the hutch, like the bum out, get get like tackled from behind and get the foul every time. But you know, the three or four times that he did that, it was just I wanted to pull my hair out, thinking, "What are you doing?" There's literally no point to turning into trouble. There were so many chances there where he could have just, where the ball was coming at him from. I think it was a long ball, or something like. All he did was just lay it off to to whoever was next to him. Yeah. But instead, he brings it down and then tries to beat two or three players. I thought at work. times he was a massive ball hog. He was. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't passing it when he should have been. And I think also, it's fair to say De Silva was pretty disappointing as well. He was pretty anonymous for a lot of I the game. I think he had a better game than recently. 
uh, he did get kicked quite a lot, which is sort of indicative of how well he was playing. Yeah. The problem is a lot of the time we couldn't find him. He was finding gaps in between the two lines and in between the players. Mm-hmm. And he was standing there waiting for He wasn't for getting it, the ball. And they weren't passing it to him. Yeah, which is not good when you want your number 10 on the ball as much as possible. Well, and there's certain expectations, you know. I spoke about it last week that I expect a fair bit from Daniel because that's the reputation that he has and and the future that we think he has. Andrew Hull fits in that category a little bit too. I expect a little bit more than I got from him on the weekend. You're right, in the first half I thought he was our best player. In the second half then he struggled and, and that was frustrating. So, you know, again, I expect a fair bit from him because he's in that one of those positions that's key for us. He's going to make play for us. He's going to be a link sometimes with Daniel and uh, other midfield and uh, defenders. So... Yeah, wasn't it good to see a couple of shots from outside the box? Have yes. they been listening to us? That is one thing I did appreciate, and I've got that in my notes too. But um, with the second phase from something like that, or from say Adelaide having a shot, we just stand there and watch the ball. Just yeah, a couple of chances where ball the watching. ball was up in the air, coming down to two Adelaide. Well, the free kick that they, the free kick that, they, that Adelaide scored from it was the same thing. It was all ball watching, and no one, no one picked up Elsie, who had a pretty easy task of putting it in back of the net. And then Storm with a massive stuff up for the second goal, which doesn't read the flight of the ball properly. It sort of bounces away. With the, but we, have, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the pitch was terrible. You know, shout out to AFLX for ruining a football pitch. So yeah, Kennedy the tried, pitch was so patchy. It was Kennedy tried clearing it to De Silva and it was almost impossible for him to control. I think it was up around head height. Yeah. And then he loses the ball. And then uh, they just come back and. Put is that is him. that the was that before the second goal? That is the second goal. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I forgot about. I didn't didn't. For, oh, I forgot about that. I think I Kennedy was good at the shot stopping again. Um, I think he made saves that he should have made, but he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't have done anything for either goal. No, but his distribution again, unfortunately, needs work. But here we go. Yep. Disappointing all around. I thought. You know, the second goal was a bit lucky, but when you turn it up, you know, you can't just sit back for 35 minutes and think the I game's over. Well, as we speak to Balder, I don't think they did necessarily sit back. Um, they did try pushing, but then they would just play straight over the top of us. And then yeah. when they got near our box, we would sit then. Um, they would play it back to halfway to get their rest, and then come again. So we didn't... Pr- when they did go back to halfway, we didn't necessarily press. Maybe we should have done that. We did sit. But when the ball was in their half, we did press them. But then they just played straight over the top of us. Yeah. So as we sweep the border, we did do sort of selective pressing, but maybe could have done a little bit more. Because it did... I don't know if it's fitness or if they were just lazy or a combination of both, but they didn't really look up for it after the 70th. No. Everything from the 70th minute onwards really was downhill. Didn't really help that that was roughly when pa- um, Posco got injured and we had to shift the entire back four. Yeah, that definitely played a part in it with Posco not being able to play before we were, 90. Well, we were already struggling a bit. Like, we were struggling to keep it together in the defence. It was around about the time we started to look a little bit, um, you know, scary. And um, Posco's departure didn't help us with our consistency and, um, yeah. Going forward, we just looked a bit clueless as well. So, like the the whole season? Yeah. We've tried different things, but there was some finishing in this game that should have happened. Yeah, Trent missing that chance in the second half was huge. If he he puts that away, if he puts that away, it's 3-0 and it's pretty much game over. That third goal would have been huge, and yeah. Anyway, we could go happen. on and on. I've got lots of notes here that of things that happen in the game. Um, I can point out probably what they could have done, such as like passing out wide when they could have come back in to create a two v one situation. They didn't do that. But uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll have to speed along for tomorrow's sake. Um, West Sydney Jets two all. Good game. Really good game. Yeah, not buying into Ernie's theory that he was dudded somehow. Sorry. 
I think Wanderers definitely got lucky with the second penalty. I thought the first penalty was 100%, but the second one was de- definitely debatable. But well, it was... I can see where it says handball, although it was accidental. It's taken so. out of context. When you kick the ball with your left foot, your right arm goes up. Yeah. That's the reason why it's up there. Yeah. And the ball ricochets back and hits it. That's not a penalty. Accidental. That's why I didn't think it was a penalty. You think it's me. a penalty, Mara? I don't think that there was anything glaringly wrong with the decision like it seems to have been said by Ernie and a few people since then. And uh, if we're th- thinking about the result of the game, which I guess is what Ernie wants to be focused on, then I thought that Western Sydney were hard done by on the disallowed goal early. Yeah, that looked like line, didn't it? Line, line ball. ball. Yeah. And the thing about all, this all is, you could really I checked in a little bit late, so I missed that one. Can you, you explain you, that one to me? Econo- well, Economides well, went through on like the third minute, got a through ball. And offside. Great finish. Oh, yes, I did see a picture of that, yes. And mm. he was probably offside by a hair. You can make a way to look at it as offside, but you got to give it's attackers. You got to give advantage to the attacking player there. So I think yeah. it should have been it should have been allowed to stand. Well, so at the end of the day, two all's a fair result anyway. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. So Ernie's blasting off about it. I thought it was just blasting off because I. Yeah. So two wrongs made a right. Probably. Jets scored two absolute <laughs> bombs. Petrados's goal was the bat was a very fluke. good, but then the Nabu goal was a f- massive fluke. Absolute cracker though. Ninety nine out of a hundred. Claim it. Goes into the crowd. Yeah. I swear to God, That's, he just got lucky with that one. I reckon. Right, Knicks, Perth, two one to the Knicks. <laughs> we were bottom of the table after that. The only thing of note in that was <laughs> Castro Castro's bloody Penanka. penalty. <laughs> Penanka straight into Valapi's arms. It just stood there, collected it. I don't know who felt bad, worse, Castro or me, watching the game. I wanted to neck myself. The game was ridiculous. I, I probably would have cried if a Mariners player did that <laughs> to miss a penalty. Like that was. That was hilarious, absolutely it, hilarious. It wasn't just that; it was a total dumb and dumber show. Sorry, and it, it annoyed me that Nick's got a 90th minute winner because that meant that exactly. before our game we we were last. So, you know, those those two drop points against Adelaide are definitely going to come back to haunt us. I think because our because our next two, Wellington at home and Perth away, to the two teams surrounding us. So, two wins in the next two is absolutely vital to avoid the spoon. All right, you're off, Mara? Got to go. All right, see you, mate. All right, upcoming, we've got Knicks this Friday, mate. What are our chances? Well, how many times have we said it the last few weeks? This is a must win. This is Well, we're going to say it again. This is an absolute must win. Is this our fourth or fifth bottom of the table clash? I think it's our fourth. Yeah, that's a fantastic record, lads. Well done. I think we had two with Brisbane, and this is our second with the Knicks. Yeah. And we haven't won one, have we? Oh, besides the one, uh, one over there in Wellington. Yeah. Oh, Exciting days. Yeah. Back to the bay. Hopefully Back we'll see a bay. few people. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully see a few of old, old people that I don't know, but Jimmy, you'll know. So see what happens. I uh, I can't even tip us, can can you? Even though we're, Even though we're playing last, can you even tip us? Yeah, they'll show up eventually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope we win. Like seriously, if if we're going to win a game, this is it. I, uh, Although New Year's Eve was. I, what, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be a draw. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the same. Hey, but that does that does neither team any favour. So I no. think both teams will be hell bent on going for the win. Well, we should be since we're playing last and we don't want to be last. And we're so, at home. And we're at home. So the onus is on us because we're at home. The onus is, is on well, us to play We seem to play, play well. better away. Yeah. Because the, 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 the home crowd isn't on no. on their back. <laughs> no. Right. Raw Jets. Oh. I'll say it really quietly, but I think Newcastle. Yeah. All right. Uh, Victory Adelaide. Oh. I'm going to say draw. I think Adelaide showed a lot well, of character to come back with Gullum. us, but they're missing Gullum. Victory are in pretty bad form, aren't they? Yeah, hot and cold. They're a hard hard team to pick. So I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll go Salso draw. And then we've got Perth City. That's a three-game Saturday. That's pretty good. 
I swear Perth and City played in Perth literally like four weeks ago. Probably. This draw. Um, I'm going to have to say City. I can't tip Perth at the moment because they're terrible. Yeah, it's a disaster over there at the moment. Uh, Sydney, West Sydney, the Derby. Why this is on a Sunday night, I'll never know. Well, I'm I'm guessing they wanted to put the three games together on the Saturday, so the Sunday was all about the Sydney Derby. Yeah, but the Sydney Derby should always be Saturday night. So what I would have done was maybe just put our game Sunday night and have Sydney Wanderers Friday night. Could have done that. Possibly, yeah. Um, Sydney, well, last time we sort of said that anything can happen in the derby and then Sydney went and smashed <laughs> West Sydney. So that, yeah. that was Gumbau throwing out a, you know, interesting line-up. So I think West Sydney will be up for this one. I think they'll be better. I think they can't get much worse than a 5-0 loss, but I think Sydney will still be too strong. Yeah. Right. Um, sorry for the shorter show. Um, Boulder interview coming up in a second. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Sidelines. We'll be back next week. All right, we're joined by a fitness coach, Boulder Beckman. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. I'm all good. That's good. Okay. Off to a tricky one. Um, I don't know if you understand this or not, but do you scrunch or fold? That's uh, <laughs> That must be an Australian, uh, yes. an Australian team. <laughs> I don't know. I only know fold from poker, so the, the scrunch I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll just skip. I, I think I think if I no, I think if I have to if I have to think about that, uh, could it be something with with uh, habits inside of the bathroom? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we have kind of the same expression. Um, yeah. I I think I think to know what you mean. Yes, and then I'm a, a, a folder, definitely oh, a folder. Good man. Yeah. Yes, good man. It's the only <laughs> way. The only way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you keep your sauce in the fridge or in the cupboard? Uh, to be fair, I, I don't need too much sauce, actually. Um, too but, much salt. But, Master food just cancelled uh, that contract sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Like, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not that kind of saucemen, but otherwise, uh, it would be the cupboard. Ah, yeah. boo, boo, indeed. <laughs> right, um, was, go on. No, that's that's. I, I try to to, uh, yeah, not to eat too much sauce. Like that's that's nah. That's not that's yeah. We are raised a bit different in that way, but here I I I, I notice Australians really like uh, to get the barbecue sauce oh, yeah. on top or the chili sauce or the yeah. tomato sauce on their bacon and egg roll. For me, that bacon egg roll is just plain, and and the sauce comes from the egg. So, oh, <laughs> but fair yeah. enough. You need nah, a bit of a tang there, though. Yeah. I do agree. Yeah, and cool. Do you have raclette? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, raclette. What is that? The cheese? Dish? Yeah. Do you have that? Yeah, one? yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I like to go actually to the to the mountains for some uh, snowboarding or skiing. And that's a very familiar thing when you go out for dinner in uh, in France in the mountains yep. in the ski resort just to just to eat raclette or in Switzerland. So I love I love the cheese and I love the raclette. It's, yeah, uh, it's a good it atmosphere. It's really good. Yeah, the, oh, I've got no idea what you're talking about, but uh, after no, sh- you don't know it. No, I don't. Oh, but I'm going to have to try it. So you basically oh, do, you it's heat it's up melted cheese. cheese. Yeah, and then yeah. So it's a, it's a, yeah, it's around cheese, and you put it on a, a half of the raclette cheese. You put it on a stang, and then you heated it up, so the cheese is melting, and it slides off the the ball onto a plate. Uh, you just grab it with a bit of bread, a uh, bit of pepper on top of the cheese. Lovely, oh, lovely. Just sounds, just yeah. sounds rather inviting. <laughs> it's, it's like a horizontal fondue. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, yeah, maybe. A bit yeah. better. Yeah. Melted cheese. Anyways. Nice. Um, your career has taken you around the world to places such as Saudi Arabia, Russia, Singapore, and more. What would you call your career highlight so far? Oh, well, um, career highlights would be, hmm, in terms of, of outcome, would be Russia. I think that was the, the, the highest level and and the, the biggest outcome in, term of, in terms of results. So, uh, 
I joined the team when they were just relegated to the second division over there. And then we played champion in the second division and went up to the Premier League, so the first league. Um, so yeah, that was, that was quite a, uh, a big, a big thing and, and, and a big highlight, which, which, which was really nice. Um, but in terms of, of culture or experience, I would say Saudi Arabia. That's, that has been an, an, yeah, a tremendous impact on, on who I am. Um, I was 24 at that age. I stayed there for more than two seasons. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different country. It's, it's, it's really, yeah, a completely different, uh, culture or, or way of, of living. Uh, and that was, was quite a nice experience. Yeah, really. And then a third one highlight would be the, my internship at Manchester City Academy, because there you've, there I noticed that in football, if you have money and support, everything is possible facilities wise, uh, material wise, programming. You, you don't have any borders. You, you do what you want to do, uh, and how you like it. And that's, 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 yeah, that's wonderful to, to experience that as well. And so what do you do outside of football when you're in a country like Saudi Arabia, Boulder? It's a sort of place where tourists can't generally go. You can only go there under a work visa, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. So what do you do with your downtime? Ah, well, that's, that's, that's a lovely place because I work for Al-Ali Club, the, the club where uh, Milligan just signed for. Yeah. So uh, that is located in Jeddah. And uh, Jeddah is a city near to the Red Sea. So every time on an off day or or I tried to do it often as well. Uh, we went for snorkeling or diving in the in the Red Sea. So I got my paddy instructor course there. Uh, so so just yeah to dive underwater, uh, snorkeling. I did a lot of desert runs. So that's where I did my uh, my marathon run. I ran a marathon in Saudi Arabia in the heat, which was <laughs> wonderful. And then apart from that, once I was in the in the city, like I was living in a compound. In your compound, the facilities are tremendous. We have uh, beach volleyball pitches, you have uh, tennis courts, squash courts, a good gym, a few swimming pools, uh, a nice a nice uh, restaurant or bar near the pool to relax. So yeah, it was was there was plenty enough to do. But that's the only thing because apart from that, culture-wise, you don't have any concert, you don't have any festival, no no cinemas. Uh, no real park where, where there is like a festivity or, or activity going on. So that was, that was totally opposite from, from our culture. Um, but okay, that's, that's, that's a nice thing to, to see. Yeah. For sure. Experience. So how does working here in the A-League compared to some of the places that you just mentioned you've worked in at the past? Uh, are there a few things that are done differently in Australia compared to overseas? Oh well, uh, at, at the end, football is football. But but yes, definitely you see differences, um, and uh, it's it's sometimes I, I tell this to to uh, the younger colleagues in the office as well. The A League is is still growing, and and it's it's trying to be attractive uh, to the to the community or to the people around, and that means that not everything is hundred percent focused onto the football. Uh, if you go to a stadium or to one of our games, you will see, uh, prior to a game or at half time, uh, you will see a lot of, of these activities uh, or kids play, uh, going on. Yeah, but I've, I've never experienced that. Or like all the, at the start of the season, we had all these rounds like Spanish rounds or, uh, uh Remembrance round or, uh, any topic for a round. Yeah, that's, that's, that was also really new to me. Um, but at the end, the game is a game. And, and, and we play football and we train for it during the week. And that's, that's quite similar, of course, your facilities and, and, the, and the amount of, of manpower, the stuff behind the team, the backroom stuff, that's, that's a bit lesser than I'm uh, used to as well. Um, but, well, like, it's, it's just with football. That, so. with, with that, do you feel like if you do get success that it's more rewarding because you have less to work with? Yeah, well... Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe I do, maybe, yeah, yeah. Because at the end, we are only with five full-time staff, full staff. So you have, you have the head coach, the assistant coach, you have me, a goalkeeper coach, and, and our physiotherapist. So we are full-time based for the club working, which is five. Uh, if you go to every other football league around the world, which has a similar level or a higher level, yeah, you can you can multiply the the amount of manpower of backroom stuff. So 
So, um, yeah, yeah, I think we're doing a lot of work with just the five of us. And, of course, we have the, the help of, of extras like our, our uh, kit lady or laundry lady, the, the groundsman, our head of football, uh, the team manager now, and a, and a second physio who comes in for just an hour before training. But these are all, and some volunteers, uh, but they are not full-time. So, so you see the difference. So maybe yeah, if we would get the win and, and have a, yeah, a good, a good, uh, a good play in the in the in the weekends. That's yeah, could be yeah. So many of our players, Boulder, have um, credited Paul Ocon's presence at the club for being an attractant for them and a reason that they uh, were influenced to come to the club. How much influence did Paolo have on your decision to come and join the Central Coast Mariners? Yeah, a huge influence. So, so he's the one who contacted me in the in the first place whether I was interested in joining uh, him and a club in the A League. And and yeah, you don't need to to explain me who is uh, Paul O'Connor. So um, his career and his uh, years of playing in Belgium. So he was actually playing for Club Bruges, uh, his, his biggest team where he played for in Belgium when I was a little kid. So uh, he was winning the, the Golden Boot when I was, uh, I don't know, a few years old, uh, but, but already playing football and interested in football. So yeah, I knew his name, his, his, uh, his band with, with Belgium, the country where I'm coming from. So, and, and then I had a talk with the technical director, who is a Belgian too, and he said, yeah, Paul is, is, is really trying to play a style of play which, which is attractive. Um, so that's another big influence. Uh, you wanna you wanna play as attractive as possible, but but um, yeah. So he was he was a big influence on on my decision to to join the club for sure. Who has impressed you the most in training, and who do you think is the fittest player in the squad? The player that, that impressed me the most it's uh, because of his consistency and. Uh, and he's he's going always 100%. So so and that's Alan Barro. and that's that's um, really nice to see. That must be in his in his body and in his mind just to go full on every every time. Because if you see his data, like we're we're capturing data every training session and every game, yeah, he he does a lot, uh, and sometimes even more than other players who could be doing more. So he's always setting the example just by, by his efforts he's doing. So he impressed me a lot by, by yeah, he's, he's from 85. So he's a 32-year-old uh, player, centre-back. Um, so, yeah, and the effort he showed uh, both on and off pitch. Uh, yeah, that's, that's tremendous. That's, that's, yeah, I was surprised. Nice. Yeah. And the fittest player, ah, the fittest, I think, we have a bunch of, of really fit players. Uh, and the only way that you get fit is by hard working. And, and yeah, I can name a few, but, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but you, you see it in the weekend. You see in the weekend who can go for 90, who, who, who does the job, uh, who doesn't stop and, and just constantly repeat his, repeat his actions. So, so, um, no, I think we have a, we have a group of, of fit players. It's more, the mentality and the, the, yeah, telling to yourself, okay, I'm going to do it. Because they all can. They can all do it. That's fine. That's so fine. That's what we see in training. Physically, if the players can do it, um, it must be a mental problem then because around the, I don't know, around the 70-minute mark, the players seem to drop off. Um, do you think there's any distinct reason for that? Well, um I don't think there's a... Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I got another call. That's good. Um, no, I don't think there's a drop-off, actually. It's, it's more a bit uh, uh, a change of, of, of the gameplay after that mark or around that mark that you see it becomes more a transition game. And that's because at the end of the game, uh, the result has a big influence in, 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 in the style of play, as well as some players, uh, not not all uh, 20 players on the pitch will be physically that good to go full on for those last 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, mentally, look, there there will be 
a few reasons eh, to to pop up for for a change of play at the end of the of the game. Uh, mentally can be one of that. Physical can be one of that. Uh, style of play, result can be one of that. Um, the maybe the lifestyle that boys bringing into the game uh, or the, the the sessions prior to the game, how tough they were, or, or maybe not tough enough. Um, that's all little elements that can influence those last 20 minutes in the game or uh, decisions made by by the yeah by the game. Uh, so so that's yeah no. For me, I haven't, I haven't seen uh, too much drop-off uh, in our games. Um, yeah, that's that's my opinion, yeah. Fair enough. So yeah. the result on the weekend was very frustrating to watch, especially that second half where we, we earned that 2-0 lead. But it, it looked to me, and I think a lot of fans, that we sort of sat back and invited the danger that Adelaide possessed and we let two points slip. Uh, what, do you, what do you think we did wrong to only come away with the draw when really we should have got those three points? Well, it's it's a bit what you say. Eh? Like, like uh, an important thing is that second half, after we came uh, up to 2-0, that, that, that our team... Uh, we're sitting back a bit more, uh, dropping, um, and and yeah, what's the reason for sitting back that low or dropping? I think I think uh, Paolo and Ivan were clear at half time about uh, the the tactical or the structure for the second half, how to how to deal with playing against ten men, uh, because a few weeks ago we we had to deal with the same fact uh, at home versus uh, Melbourne City, uh, and that that. Yeah, that was another game where we did exactly the same. Uh, we were up and then and then sitting back instead of uh, trying to press them high, uh, playing hopefully on their half, playing the ball round, keeping ball possession, recycling, let them run, and and at the end we just gave the ball to them and we were sitting back and we were causing the, the danger. Um, so that's that's a big working point for the future, and I think of course the fans. Uh, Everyone that is that is with the Mariners uh, staff and players themselves, yeah, they were all disappointed and and um, and yeah, that's that's what it is. After 90 minutes, it's 2-2, but you have to you have to look further and you have to move forward to to the next game, which is which is Wellington on Friday, and uh, that's a new chance uh, to to yeah to impress the the fans again with our style of play and to and hopefully to get a positive result from that uh, from that game, yeah. Um, was there like any reaction on the touchline when sort of Adelaide maybe got on top a little bit? Was there any thing said on the sideline about trying to maybe uh, go up higher on the pitch, trying to attack a bit more, or was the was it sort of we needed to sit back a bit more and try and uh, get get around the pressure? No, like I said, the instructions at half time were clear, um, and I and I at two zero we have the chance to 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 make a third goal. Um, so if you make a third goal, there's even lesser chance that they are coming back. Uh, nevertheless, I have to admit that, that, that I was impressed about the desire and the, the winning mentality of Adelaide. Uh, so that's, 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 that impressed me. 2-0 down with 10 men uh, and still fighting and working hard to, to, get, uh, get, to get on, on, on goal sides against us. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something... Yeah, something yeah, thumbs up for for Adelaide there, uh, but I think it's 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 the instructions were clear even during the second half uh, from our bench. Uh, we tried to to push the players up and and deal with the situation, but um, yeah, sometimes it doesn't doesn't work out how how you want to work it out. Eh? Like uh, the staff has has watched the game again uh, from from uh, from Saturday, and yeah. You see, you see what went wrong, and and but there are a lot, there are a lot of positive things. Uh, like we started really well at, at the game, I think, um, and yeah, it's 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 like it it it's it's not good enough, and and that's a pity. Um, like I said, now all uh, all focus should go to to Wellington for Friday. So do you think there's, it's been a tough season for the boys? They started out really well and in recent days it's been harder for them to um, perform and, and the tests have been becoming harder as we've gone along. Do you think there's anything additional that, um, uh, especially given we've got a bunch of young players in the squad, uh, is it something that's in their psyche that um, 
that uh, can be worked through for them? Or is, is there anything else outside of their conditioning and coaching that, that could help? Oh, well, I, it's, it's again that mix and that's, that's something we are trying to, to report as, as a staff uh, and the full support staff uh, to do it better uh, in, in the future. Um, but of, uh, I think we started well at the season. We had a really good preseason, but, but all the boys uh, were, were, were there. Uh, we had our four, four visa players um, in the squad. And actually the last few months, yeah, we couldn't really count on, on all our visa players. Uh, um, so and and then the, the 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 boys that went to China, but that's that's that can't be an excuse. But we have a small depth depth of squad. Uh, if 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 few of the of the visa players or the or the experienced players falling out for the game, yeah, you have to bring in an extra player, and that's then what you say a younger player. Um, but okay, younger players they they get their chances and they have to learn from it and and they are working for their future uh, in the A League and maybe maybe they want to expand their their future. So nah, it's 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 always um, yeah uh, a, yeah a, a mix of of different influences in different different influences. But uh, but of course I believe that that we could have. Um, done better in certain games, uh, and then it's just that 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 uh, that coin that doesn't drop uh, to the right side. Uh, um, yeah. And okay, uh, I don't like to 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 go into details uh, or or possibility or possible reasons for it. I think as a staff we know uh, what what could be better, and um, and we're trying to work on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wellington home this week, uh, bottom of the table clash. It's, you know, pretty much a must-win six-pointer game. Um, what do you think uh, the team could do better to, to get the result this weekend? Do better, no. I think the team just needs to, to go on the pitch and believe, believe that, we can, that we can play our game. Uh, we don't need to think about the result. Uh, of, uh, 4-1 away from home in Wellington was... was was a really nice result, but that just came because of the way we we pressed on them and the way we played against them. Uh, so uh, so we didn't allow them to to play out, and we didn't allow them to get the ball in their team, and we kept it. And we had a, a real we made really good uh, combinations. We were in a flow that game, and everything worked out well. Uh, and I think the boys need to believe that 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 we can yeah, repeat that that we can do that again. Uh, against the same opposition, uh, they have two, three new players, of course. Um, but but that's fine. We we can we can deal with every team in the A League uh, for football reasons. And and yeah, for our squad, Wout Brahma is coming back after his suspension. So um, we will see if he plays on Friday, and then and then hopefully he can lift the team together with with yeah the boys who. Who, who need to do the, the leadership a bit uh, in order to get the confidence down to, to play our way and to play the way we want to play. Uh, and then I'm, I'm full of confidence that we can have a positive result uh, on Friday night. Uh, with pressing, with doing a high-pressing game, it obviously takes its toll on the fitness of the players. Um, I don't think any team could press for 90 minutes. So what's the best way to sort of press as best you can Without doing it for ninety minutes, do you, do you sort of switch on for ten, switch off for another ten? No, look, you have to think in a, in a different way. So if you press your team and you can get ball possession, yeah, then it's just the fact how long do you keep ball possession? And at the beginning of the season, we were able to to keep the ball longer in our team because the the position was dropping a bit lower. Now they're trying to press us higher as well, but nevertheless. If we get the ball, and the longer you can keep the ball in your team, you don't need to press them. Yeah. So that's so when you get your rest. Then, yeah, that's when you get your rest. But that's where, uh, yeah, like the depression. Yes, that's that's very physically uh, tough. But if you don't have the ball, it's also tough to make your actions. So so you can't press for ninety, but you shouldn't press for ninety because if you press on the right moments and get the ball into your team, you play it, you play it out from there and then you just need to press every 
time when you when you lost the ball or when you when they try to build up and 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 get the ball in their team and and recover and 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 play it out again so so you can i believe you can press for 90 if you have enough ball possession but if you lack of 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 ball possession yeah that's 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 hard to to go and go and go um and that's where you see all these top teams in europe yeah those teams who really press high they do it to regain ball possession and in ball possession physically you make your actions uh but but you don't need to make all these repeated actions constantly chasing for the ball um so so that's always uh, uh another thing eh? like like you see the last few games we are having lesser ball position compared mm-hmm. to round 1 eh? exactly. and then of course if yeah and if then we want to if we want to recover the ball yeah then we need to press more or work harder uh, because the opposition has has, has a, a higher percentage of the ball, yeah. So, so that's the, that's the key thing: getting the confidence back in the team to keep the ball, uh, and that's what went lost there last last uh, last game in the second half. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You can see in the second, well, second half of what we've had so far, we have had less possession, and um, seems to have shown on the yeah. base. Not not every game. Like I think the Wanderers at home, we had more possession than 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 them in the second half, and I think we were we were outrunning them in the second half. The only thing is we started the game so badly that the game was already played, yeah. um, and that and that could be another reason for the Wanderers to to sit back there as well. Uh, so um, I think we had very different games. We had, especially at the start, we had all these games where we. Like last weekend, where we started well and, and went up one nil, uh, and then we had a few games where our first half was not that great, but we finished strong. Um, but yeah, it's it's like uh, yeah, the other teams they 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 just have players that score that easily, um, and we have all good players. But but uh, the the big players, and you you can you can name a few who who just need one or two chances to score. Yeah, we we don't have them in in our squad, and I think the boys know that. But we need we need to work together and 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 get our chances as a as a team. And and I think in the first half against Adelaide, that's that's what exactly what we did. It's all about trying to find that sort of ninety minute consistency, isn't it? Having one good half and then one maybe poor half. It's all about trying to get that ninety minute consistency on the board. Yeah, and 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 uh, in football you. It's it's lovely if you have it, but if you don't have it, you can still win a game. Uh, if you look to the the other teams in the A League, who of the who of them did really had 90 minutes consistency? I don't think there are a lot of games, uh, a lot of teams um, in the A League who, who can who can bring that up. Um, so it's it's lovely if you can, uh, but sometimes a, a game is is or a result is is dependent on on other stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, let's see on Friday. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, it's been excellent chatting to you. Thank you for joining us this week. No worries, all good, and I hope to see you all on, on Friday night to cheer for for uh, for our boys. Yeah. For sure, thanks good very much, you. Boulder, and uh, good luck to you and uh, the team and the coaching staff and all for Friday night. Yeah, let's try to to get uh, our last seven games uh, yeah, to finish strongly. Yeah? That would be good. That'd be very good. Yes. See you. All the best. Bye. 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 Bye.